0: All right, we are continuing our series, Costly Grace, and looking at what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, that He's called us to live. Uh, in this grace and not stay where we are. That would be cheap grace to just say uh, we only get into heaven, but we want to have grace that says we understand it was costly, that he wants to form us into his image and he wants us to change. And uh, I hope you've been enjoying this series. Uh, it's a discipleship series, conviction series, growth series, um, and as you know I, I, you know, I just honestly, I like to use humor uh, when I'm preaching. I believe it disarms people, get people laughing, and then you can get them with some good, strong truth. And this series uh, hasn't necessarily lent itself to that. Uh, I, you know, you're talking about something very serious and very, uh, you know, in-depth. And last week, we're talking about uh, that in a conflict of loyalties, Jesus gets the number one thing. And I'm talking about people that are married to non-believing uh, spouses and the heartbreak that is there that you've got to be more loyal to Christ than you are to your spouse and your spouse may think you hate him and And one lady came up to me and she had just tears in her eyes. And and to say that her eyes were bloodshot would be an understatement. They were they were red. I mean, they were just red because she had been weeping at the altar and, and praying and just saying, I understand this. Jesus is first, he's everything. And and I love my spouse, but Jesus is everything, and he doesn't want anything to do with God. Pray that we have a breakthrough. And so this series has carried with it a real seriousness. And uh, if we don't laugh as much, I just pray you'll grab hold of the truth in it and, and, and realize that this is just a time for us to maybe even have spiritual surgery on ourselves, if you will, that God wants to do something in us. And as we build on this today, I just got to say today what we're going to look at is the fact that faith has to set the agenda for a disciple. Faith has to set the agenda. Now, we live with fear setting the agenda, and and I wanna be very clear. Second uh, Timothy talks about God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and a power and of sound mind. And there's a lot of fears and phobias that are out there. I understand there's fears of all sorts of things that people are afraid of. Whether you're a Christian or not, you can be afraid of snakes. And, and I don't think that's a bad one. You know, I'm just saying, you know, but you can have fears. And so you have these fears that are there. And I'm not necessarily talking about that. I'm talking about once you become a follower of Jesus Christ, There are certain areas that we're under attack in where we we should be living by faith, but instead we live by fear. So we're not talking about different phobias, whether it's spiders or snakes or speaking or whatever. Those are fears that people just have in life. I'm talking about the fear um, that doesn't allow faith to set the agenda. The fear that keeps us from obedience, The fear that holds us in our spot and and keeps us um, spiritually immature. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. The fear, because it it seems to be the enemy's strategy that if he can't keep us out of the kingdom of God, what he'll do is he'll keep us fearful in the kingdom of God, okay? Now, you gotta understand, you could look through the Bible and you could see over and over again, be strong and courageous. God's given you this fear not, fear not. So there's something here that happens and there's fear of of being bold for Christ. There's fear of opening our mouth. There's fear of evangelism. There's fear of of actually doing what he's called us to do. Maybe he said, step out and lead this or do this. And we'll look at a few of those things. But there's also the fear with our finances too. You know, that God is saying, now trust me, I'm going to take care of you. And we're going to look at that today in Matthew 6. He said, trust me, don't let fear set the agenda. Let fear Faith set the agenda. So that's what we're going to look at, that that fear and worry is wrong for the disciple of Jesus Christ, but faith is right, and we have to step out in faith. And Martin Luther King, he said, um, faith is taking the first step onto the staircase, not knowing where the staircase goes. Not knowing where it goes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna step there and I don't know where it goes, but God's told me to take this step and if this is the step he's told me to take, then I'm gonna let faith set the agenda, not fear. So in, in Matthew chapter six, we're gonna look at this because we've been so conditioned by fear and worry, we don't even realize it. And when we look at the people that Jesus was speaking to in Matthew chapter six, we start to understand that they had the same problems that we do. And Jesus, very specifically, again, he, he talks about money here, but it's not just money. It could be any area, but let's be honest. As followers of Jesus Christ, that's a big area where we're fearful And We come into church. We love church. Maybe some of us have fear to raise our hands in worship. We get past that one. Maybe some of us have fear to step out and help. And then we get past that. But when it comes to finances, many times God's spirit is speaking to us and we have fear and it just paralyzes us. And fear sets the agenda, not faith. We can't live that way. We have to be a faith-filled church. We have to be a faith-filled disciple and let faith set the agenda. So Matthew chapter six, I'm going to read a couple of verses here. I'll skip around a little bit. But in Matthew chapter six, starting in verse nine, it says this, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now let's skip down to verse 19. Jesus is talking here. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Skipping down to verse 24. He says, no one can serve two masters. Okay, now think about it. No one can serve two masters. We got fear and worry and we got faith or we got mammon and we got uh, serving God. So he's saying you can't serve two masters. He says, either you'll hate one and love the other or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns and your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own. Okay, so in this passage, Jesus is trying to tell them, basically, let faith set the agenda. Let faith set the agenda. And he gives them the Lord's Prayer And he says, our Father in heaven, and I know we love that. And a lot of us think, yes, our Father is in heaven, and he's there, he's waiting for us, and that's a good thing. And sometimes we can um, understand that he's in heaven, but we can forget that he's here in the now, taking care of everything we need. And I love that in the prayer, it starts with our Father in heaven, and then it goes down to give us this day our daily bread. Give us the stuff we're worrying about, God, because, see, we live in a world, God, where we know you're in heaven, but we've got to be reminded that that you're here with us right now with the things we need, because that's where we get attacked. We don't get attacked that you're in heaven. We got that part. But what we get attacked in is the fact that we worry about you taking care of the things we need, because after all, we need to eat. So we're worried about that. And so Jesus is saying, okay, give us our daily bread. Give us the things we need. But it's as if he gets done with the the prayer there and and he's he's realizing that maybe they need more, that we need more understanding of this, that we're not trusting God to give us our daily bread. How many know we kind of think like we need to bring the daily bread? And I'll tell you this, if you start thinking you need to bring the daily bread, and that God cannot be trusted. You know what happens? You start living a life that is thankless. You forget that God gives you everything and you stop giving him thanks. And as you stop giving him thanks and you start thinking you provide, how many know all of a sudden pride kicks in and then faith is not setting the agenda, okay? So this is going on and, and he's saying, we're gonna give thanks. And he's, and he's realizing like, guys, realize, don't, don't, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth because see, these guys were struggling in the same way we were. Like, do we trust you, God? Is faith gonna set the agenda in our prayer, in the way we live our life, in the way we handle the finances? Or is fear gonna set the agenda? So Jesus says, don't don't hoard things here on earth. Don't hold on to it. Let, let faith set the agenda. God's gonna take, he's in heaven, he gives you your daily bread. Now don't, don't store up things here. Understand it's about there and live a life of faith, understanding that God will take care of you. Now a lot of us would say, I'm not a hoarder. You know, my wife calls me a hoarder. How many know that? She thinks I'm a hoarder because I always take the soaps from the hotel. You know, I had like, three bins in the closet of soap, shampoo, conditioner, lotion. And she came up to me last week and she goes, one bin. That's all you get, one bin, you hoarder, you know. I figure it's part of the hotel thing, you know. I paid for that soap, so I'm taking it. But anyways, <laughs> anyways I don't take the toilet paper. Let's just, okay, never mind. All right, I just leave that there, all right. But we're, it's not talking about hoarding like that, okay. It's not talking about hoarding like that, but it's saying... If you don't trust God to give your daily bread, you are gonna start thinking you're the one and fear's gonna set the agenda. And, and this is a little controversial here, but let me just say this. Fear sets the agenda for so many of us when it comes to our finances that we stop believing that God is our source, that he takes care of us, and our hoarding looks like this. Now again, I'm not opposed to these things because you should pray about them. But if God tells you to give from these sources, you should do it, okay? Because we say, God, I I, I trust you in this area of finances, but I do have an emergency fund, and it's for emergencies. What if God asks you to give from your emergency fund? Will you trust that it'll take care of you, that it'll give you more, or is that emergency fund like untouchable? That's your when God doesn't show up fund, okay? Okay, but you have an emergency fund, then some people have savings, and you say, well, I can't touch savings. Some people have retirement, and they can't touch the retirement, and so you've got emergency funds, savings, retirement, and then some of us are still left with equity in homes, not a lot but we have that in line. And then some of us have relatives as a backup. If we really got desperate, we could go to them. Some of us have, you know, I mean, just think about it. We have all these safety nets. I mean, the government has even more safety nets on top of our safety net. I mean, our government has welfare and social security and all these other things in line as safety nets for us. Okay, and then God says, I need you to give. And you're like, ooh, ooh, I don't know. What's gonna set the agenda? Faith or fear, a disciple of Jesus Christ that gets this is gonna say, faith sets the agenda. Okay, recently, you know, trying to pay off some land for the church and our Apple Valley campus is doing that. And Becca and I said, we're gonna give from our emergency fund, thousands of dollars from the emergency fund. And I had some people like, ooh, it's emergency fund. I said, but I trust God to restore that. I tr- faith is gonna set the agenda. If he speaks that to my heart, faith is going to set the agenda, not fear. There was a time that we gave in one of our building projects and we gave some of the money that was in our retirement account. You'd have thought that I, I had started a false cult or something, the way people were so mad, like you cannot give from your retirement. I was like, well, I want to give. And God told me to give this money. I don't have that amount, but I have it in my retirement. So I took it out of my retirement and gave it to the church to do this project. And they're like, you can't do that. I was like, well, I am just gonna let faith set the agenda, not fear. That, that's the way we need to live. Now, I'm not saying like everybody go hit the, but if God speaks to you, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Now, logic says don't do that, don't touch that money, don't do that. Uh, uh, you gotta take care of yourself. And even people in this world will say, don't do that. That's crazy to think of giving like that. Don't tithe, don't step out in faith, don't give from the emergency fund, don't do those things. You know, those are people that don't understand the kingdom of God. They don't understand that faith will set our agenda, not fear, not fear. Every church planter that I coach has to learn this. I'm wondering what it would be for you that you just have to realize that Whoever signs your paycheck, God is your source. You just have to realize that. Whoever signs your paycheck, God is your source, okay? Um, but for every church planner that I coach, they'll have a moment where they'll call me like, Pastor Ron, I can't believe it. You know, our largest donor quit. You know, I can't, I don't know how we're gonna make it. I'm like, great, it's a test. Now you're gonna have to see if God's your source and if faith sets your agenda or if fear sets your agenda, and you just have to trust them. I'll never forget the week we lost 3 of our largest donors in one week and you say, "Pastor Rob, how did you know that?" Well, the church was like 150. Somebody had to count the offering. It was me. You know all right? So it was me and another person. I don't count it anymore, by the way. But it was me and another person and I knew what people were giving and the first person called me up and he said, "Pastor Rob, we're we're moving. We're transferred to Dallas." I said, "That is not the Lord." <laughs> and he said, "No, we're going." Second person called and said, oh, Pastor Rob, I'm sorry, I need your help. We're getting a divorce and we're leaving the church. Oh, I said, that's not the Lord either. I'm really clear on that one. But unfortunately, they went through that and they left the church. Third person called and said, I'm moving to the North Metro you know, area and it's too far of a commute. I'm like, no, it's not. Anoka's like so close to Apple Valley. You can do it. And they're like, no, we can't. And I remember that week, God was saying, who is your source, them or me? And are you gonna let fear set your agenda or is faith gonna set your agenda? Everything you saw is thought in that budget and everything you were thinking the church was gonna do this year is gonna happen. Let faith set the agenda. And faith won out, and God was faithful because he's our source. No matter who signs your paycheck, God's your source. And Jesus was addressing that to them. He had to have been because what they had, they're, they're holding it, they're holding on to it. They don't wanna give it. He's saying, don't hoard it. Don't hold on to it. Be generous with it. Let faith set the agenda. Think about it. How would church be different if faith set the agenda and not fear in every area of our life? Okay, finances, totally different. If faith set the agenda and not fear, how about life group leaders? If faith set the agenda and not fear, how many know that life groups would be totally different? I mean, we'd have more leaders than we know what to do with. I can't tell you how many people that I talk to and they're like, boy, I'd love to. I'm just so, I don't know, I'm afraid. I'm like, don't let fear set the agenda. Don't let worry set the agenda. Uh, Let God set the agenda and believe in faith. about volunteers and service around the church? Our church would be completely different if we really thought that worry and fear were a sin rather than just something that Americans do. I mean, worry and fear, that really is a sin when God said, fear not, trust me, I'll take care of you. Look at the fields, look at the flowers, look at, I'll take care of you, I've got you. I'm God, stop worrying. Now here's the thing, Our fears, again, keep us immature. Our fears keep us immature. That's what Satan does. He tries to keep you in fear, have fear set the agenda so you never lead a group, you never step out in tithe, you never do kingdom builders, you never go on a global team, and our fears keep us immature. And that's his strategy, keep you immature and ineffective. And Jesus is saying, I want faith to set the agenda because there's so much more for you. Best thing I could think about this was um, we were in Costa Rica as a family, and I wanted to do the zip lining through the jungle. As you know me, I'm like a bucket list guy, man. If there's something to do, I want to do it. And they said, do you want a zip line? I'm like, yes, of course, the whole family does, including Becca, <laughs> which she didn't. And uh, we got there, and of course, the whole way, I'm like, no, to be so good, you're gonna love this. She's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, yeah, just get to the top, check it out. You know, and so we climb the tree, and she's got her helmet on, and, and, she, gets to top, and she gets to the top, and she goes, nope, <laughs> not gonna do it. And the guy looks at her, and he goes, no, no, you, you, there's no turning back, you've gotta go. And she looks at me, and she's like, you are in big trouble. And I was like, no, honey, you, you trust me. You know, you got to step out in faith, trust in, see those guys went before you, you can go. And, and before I knew it, the guy just grabbed her and pushed her, you know, <laughs> and off she goes, ah, screaming through there. And, you know, and I get to the first, I'm like, are you okay? okay. And the next by the time she's on like the fourth zip line and there were like, you know, over a dozen, she's like, "Wee! no hands, you know, and, and I'm thinking, look at the adventure she discovered. Because she stepped out in faith and didn't let fear set the agenda. I mean, even though I was coaching her and coaxing her, perhaps lying, uh, and getting her up there, um, at some point, she literally had to leave the ground and start climbing that tree, and faith had to take over and set the agenda. That first step, again, faith was setting the agenda, not fear. And the enemy's plan is to keep us immature and to keep the church under-resourced and to keep us worried about what's next instead of saying, God, if you said it now, I'll take that next step. I'll do it. We cannot let fear set the agenda. Now, a couple of things when I read this passage as we continue there. Uh, In verse 24, I just think like worry is really, when I look at this, worry is unlawful. I mean, worry is unlawful. If fear sets the agenda, then fear has become your idol and and God is not your God. Fear is your God. And we're not to have any other gods before God. And so if we're sitting there and we're worrying and we're allowing fear to set the agenda, then fear is the one we're obeying instead of God. And God says, let faith set the agenda. If I say to do it, do it. Life group, serve, global team, giving. If I say to do it, let faith set the agenda. If you let fear set the agenda, then fear is in first place in your life. That's wrong. Worry is unreasonable and fear is unreasonable. I mean, Jesus is basically saying, you're you're way more important than what your body needs to eat. God's gonna take care of you. he's, he's, He's got your back there's so many more important things to think about than food and clothing and all this. Follow me. Do what I tell you to do. I've got you. I'll take care of you. One person said, make a list and put fear on one side and, and all the things that come to pass on the other side, and you'll see that most of the things you feared and worry about never come to pass. Don't do it. It's not worth your time. It's unreasonable. It's it's unworthy. I mean, in verse 26, he's saying, I care for the birds. You're more important than birds. Um, I'll take care of you. You are made in his image. You are made in his image. And you got to think about it. Uh, The the birds, he takes care of them. And he says, I'll take care of them. They trust me more than you. Do not let a bird have more faith than you. Okay? And when the birds do return to Minnesota, because they will someday. When you hear them singing, listen to this. Let them be a preacher to you. When you hear a bird singing, let them be a preacher. Let their song say to you, God's taking care of me. God's taking care of me. He can take care of you. Every time you hear a bird, let God just remind you, if I can take care of them, if they just follow me and I take care of them, let faith set your agenda, not fear. You think about this. The scripture in verse 27 talks about, Worry is unproductive. Fear is unproductive. He says, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? I mean, worry and fear, all it does is shorten and sadden your life. Do not let worry and fear set the agenda. Faith builds your life. Worry and fear shortens and and just closes your life down. That is not the disciple that Jesus wants you to be. Worry is really unbelief in verses 28 through 30. We see this, that either we're believing God will take care of us or we're believing he's a wimp. And just think how insulting that is to God. If faith sets our agenda, we're saying, God, you're powerful, you're able, you're strong. If fear sets our agenda, we're saying, well, we don't think you're strong enough. We don't think you care. We don't think you love us. We're, we're really worried about this. I don't know what I'm going to do. God, and it's like, I'm in charge. That's wrong. And Jesus is saying, let faith Set the agenda. Worry. When I look at this, is really unchristian. When we're in fear and in worry, it really is, is living like the world does. The world's worried about where's the next paycheck coming. Where's this coming from? If God, you know, I can't give that away. I've got to hold on to it. You never know. And and, and it just lowers us to their status. And God said, You know what? You are my son and my daughter. You are my son and my daughter. Stop worrying. Step out in faith. I will take care of you. My boys never, I don't think they've ever awakened in the morning and thought, I wonder if dad will have breakfast. They just come downstairs and start eating. Matter of fact, this is funny. Connor just came back from North Central the other day from college, and he came back and he opened the refrigerator and he goes, yes, yes, you have a fridge full and a pantry full. It's so good to be home. Because he knows that I'm taking care of him. He knows that God's fridge is stocked full. His pantry is stocked full. Let faith set your agenda, not fear. You're his son and his daughter. Let faith set, your, his, set the agenda. Worry is unnecessary. It's just really unnecessary. Your worry and fear does not alert God to the problem. You're like, God, I'm just so worried. I don't know what to go. Stop it. You can bring it to him in prayer, but it's not like, oh, I'm sorry. Were you worried? Oh, no. I mean, <laughs> I didn't know that. I was God. He doesn't do that, okay? And the other thing is your worry doesn't get him to change his mind. Wow, I mean, I think about this. You know, my kids are afraid of things, and, you know, I can remember they're like, I don't want to do it." I don't want to. Go. You're doing it. You're doing it. Face your fears. Go. Go. I wasn't letting him out of it. I was like, you're going to do it. You're going to face your fear. Go. You're going to do it. You're going to go. And they're like, ah. Go push. You know how I many know? I, I, I want them to face their their worry. Didn't talk me out of something I knew was safe and right for them. Amen. And it's the same thing with God. Your worry will not talk Him out of something that He knows is right for you to do. So stop worrying. It's not necessary. And worry and fear really are unrighteous. They really are. They're really, they're really sin. They're really sin. When you think about, it. He's going to take care of you. It's, it's how the world lives. And God's saying, I, I, I want you to trust me, whatever it is. If I tell you to open your mouth, open your mouth. If I tell you to lead, lead. If I tell you to give, and it's gotta be a big one for Christian, it has to be because Jesus is talking to people that understood the things of God. And so he's addressed them. Heavenly Father gives us our daily bread. Don't hoard those things. He'll take care of you. Look at the flowers. Look at this over here, the birds. Do you get it? God's gonna take care of you. Share, give, be obedient. Do what he tells you to do. Let faith set the agenda. Here's the thing. When faith sets the agenda, we're certain in our uncertainty. That's what Oswald Chambers said. He said, We're certain in our uncertainty when faith sets the agenda. What does that mean? We're certain that we're going to take that step and we don't know what's next, but we are certain that if God told us to do it, He's going to take care of it. We are certain in our uncertainty. That's the way a disciple of Jesus Christ lives. I am certain of my uncertainty, but I'm gonna move forward. I will not let fear keep me out of what faith is asking me to do. And so whatever it is, I mean, I don't know what your step is, but I'm asking and praying that all of us would take that next small step. What is it? What, is it fear of raising your hands in worship? Do it. Is it fear of actually obeying God in the area of tithing? obey him. Is it fear of going over and above? Maybe God has asked you to give something and you're fearful to even tell your spouse like, oh, I don't even know how to tell them this, but I I just do it. Is it to lead a life group? Do it. Step out. Let faith set the agenda. Don't let fear keep you from the disciple that God has called you to be because you will miss out on so much that he has for you. Faith sets the agenda of a follower of Jesus Christ because he's called us to live life abundantly, not life redundantly. We're not supposed to just stay over here, living in fear, or staying still. He's saying, I've asked you to live life abundantly. I've got more for you. Let faith set the agenda. So God, I pray right now that faith would set the agenda in our life. Lord, for too long, we've let fear set the agenda. And if we're going to grow up in faith believing, we have to let faith set the agenda. So wherever it is that we've been living in fear, I am praying that faith would now set the agenda. We step out in faith and we'll say yes to that class. We say yes to the service. We say yes to the giving. We say yes to the sacrifice. We say yes to the going. Whatever it is. Faith is going to set the agenda in our life, and we come against fear because that's the enemy's plan to keep us immature. And the last thing you want is immature followers. You want fully devoted followers that can go and impact this world and make a significant difference, impacting the kingdom of darkness and making a difference and leading people to faith in you. And it's gonna require us to live saying, faith will set the agenda. And so we ask, Lord, let it be so. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.